Hey, Calvin's asked me to just uh, give you a short message. I hope it's short enough. Um, it's not too long, I don't think. Um, it's always been on my heart to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and um, but it even fell heavier on my heart when we were in Tanzania and uh, Sherilyn and I and two of our kids got kidnapped and, and I thought, well, this is the end of the line. Um, I thought, there's nothing after this. And... Um, by God's grace, they let us go. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's just been a, a real, um, in a way, a blessing at the end of the day because um, I've just wanted to share what Christ has done in my life um, with others because they, they need to hear the gospel. Um, would you like to turn with me to Acts, please? Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. Here's Luke talking to Theophilus, um, and he says, In my first book I told you, which is the book of Luke, um, about everything Jesus began to do and teach. Verse 2. Until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he had suffered, and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Verse 4. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Verse 9, after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here, staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. There's a story about a Chinese farmer after having cataracts from his eyes made his way from the Christian compound to the far interior of China. Only a few days elapsed before the missionary doctor looked out his bamboo window and noticed the formerly blind man looking, uh, holding the front end of a long rope. In a single file and holding to the rope behind him came several blind Chinese whom the farmer had told about his operation. They all knew the farmer had been blind, but now he could see. He told them of the doctor who had cured him. Naturally, all these blind people wanted to meet the doctor who cured the blind man. The cured man could not explain the physiology of the eye or the technique of the operation, but he could tell others he had been blind. The doctor had operated on him, and now he could see. That was all the others needed to hear. They came to the doctor.
And so it is with our Christian lives. We don't have to be tra- all we don't all have to be trained theologians. We don't need to understand all the intricacies of God's mysteries, nor be perfect examples of flawless Christian living. But what we can do is tell others, tell everyone what Christ has done for us. We may not all be teachers, but we can all be witnesses. So here's the main idea. Because of Christ's ascension and the coming of the Holy Spirit, we can all be effective witnesses. We must be effective witnesses in our communities and around the world. I think the key verse in Acts chapter 1, uh, the key verse in Acts is chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And as you probably already know, Jerusalem and Judea was where the Jews predominantly lived and Samaria was where the Samaritans lived who were half Gentile and half Jewish. And then there's Rome and beyond including all Gentiles and nations to the ends of the earth. It's also interesting to note in verse 8 that these were Jesus' final words spoken on the earth before he ascended into heaven to be with his Father. Now more than 2,000 years have passed and maybe the silence is intended to prevent anything from obscuring his last words so they continue to reverberate in the church's ear. So our call to witness, you and I, Our call to witness rests on Christ's command in verse 8, but also the encouragement and hope of his return in verse 11. To be a witness for Christ is to bring a message that is amazingly simple. As you know, Jesus Christ is is God and he came in the flesh and he died to pay for our sins. He was buried and resurrected and now is exalted in heaven. He calls us to repentance and to believe in him and so receive forgiveness of sins. This is the good news. There is nothing to join, no system to climb, just a person to receive and in him eternal life. So to be a witness either here locally or if God has called us to other countries, this, I really believe, is the foundation of an exciting faith. Without witnessing for Christ, um, I don't think the excitement's there. We need to be sharing the love of Jesus and what he's done in our lives. Um, there was a gentleman on the, our flight last year. He was, uh, his name's Ismar. He was a Turkish gentleman and he was a pilot and he was going on holiday to, uh, to um, Italy and we got talking and he asked us what we were up to and that was a great opportunity to share with him what we were doing and he opened up and said that he was a, a Muslim well, he was a Muslim, he was brought up as a Muslim in Turkey and um, he hated the religion just because of the um, rules and the regulations and the hypocrisy he saw growing up and so that gave us a great opportunity to just share the love of Christ and the freedom that Christ gives each individual. Um, so, yeah, today's world, as we all know, we are surrounded by works-based religions In order to be right with God, we have to perform or live certain ways, but not if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Remember, we all have received power as Christians, the power of the Holy Spirit through our faith in Christ Jesus. We just have to utilise it. So how do we do that? 
Many people are afraid of witnessing because they fear the fear of being rejected, criticised or misunderstood and that's understandable. But Christ knew that every Christian needs the Holy Spirit's empowerment to be a testimony for him so we can share God's love with others so that they also may be delivered from an eternity in hell, sin and misery. Without the strength of the Holy Spirit, knowing the facts of Christ's life, his forgiveness and the promise of eternal life, we will have little or no impact. Sometimes we can become frustrated and scared of evangelism because we are relying more on programs and information than the transforming power of the Spirit to bring about internal changes in the hearts of people. I just know um, when I'm talking to neighbours and they're asking difficult questions and sometimes I don't even know what to say and just in that split second I say, God, give me the right words and they're there. God will not fail you because he wants to know. He, he, He wants people to know. He wants people to learn more about him. So don't be afraid. We need to ask the Lord to help us like before the day starts, but on the moment as well, to daily share the love of Christ to people through the empowering authority of the Spirit. Here are three things that can help us become effective witnesses for Christ. The first one is Logos, the Word of Christ, holding God's Word high, making it a priority in our lives. We all know Hebrews 4.12, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit. Between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. All of us probably own a Bible and we saw that many people don't, so it's a privilege to own a Bible. But it is only a book sitting on the table until we pick it up and study it for ourselves and listen to what God is saying. When we pray over it, meditate on it, and continually continually apply it to our everyday lives, then and only then does the word become living and active. And as we drink it in and live it out, it will enable us to be effective witnesses for him. The second thing that will help us be effective is ethos, the inner reality of who we are and what we proclaim, who we are deep inside. God knows our true character, And if our inner reality is to proclaim and glorify him, surely his Holy Spirit will be right there to help. I'm intrigued with David Livingston's travels and in his biography, Henry Stanley, the journalist, had been searching for months looking for Livingston and finally stumbles upon him in Central Africa after spending time. After spending time with him, he says this, Quote, if I had been with him any longer, I would have been compelled to be a Christian. And he never spoke to me about it at all. Well, um, yeah, what did I say about that? Um, yeah, Livingston's witness went far beyond just mere words. This is what Jesus said about Nathaniel in John chapter 1, verses 43 to 47. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and he said to him, Come follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, 
the son of Joseph, Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael, can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. Well, imagine Jesus saying that about you or I. That is certainly something we can strive for in our walk. Um, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13:5, Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. And he also says in 1 Timothy 1.5, The purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience and genuine faith. So the third thing that will help us to be effective witnesses is pathos, having a heartfelt passion for the gospel, a zeal and affection because of the reality of what Jesus has done for you and I and the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Livingston also said, he's got a few quotes, and he also said this, If a commission by an earthly king is considered an honour, how can a commission by a heavenly king be considered a sacrifice? He also said, I will place no value on anything I have or may possess except in relation to the kingdom of Christ. One last quote, this generation can only reach this generation, meaning it is our responsibility while we live here on earth to share the love of God with others. Otherwise, who's going to tell them? Here is an example of God's passion in Zechariah 8.2. Then another message came to me from the Lord of Heaven's armies. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. My love for Mount Zion is passionate and strong. I am consumed with passion for Jerusalem. Have you and I got have you and I got a passion for the lost? Have we got a burden for lost souls? The message is simple, but the demand on the messenger is serious. For effective witness there must be God's word in our lives, genuine integrity of character and a passion for the lost. May I encourage you as I do myself that Christ before he ascended gave us this command, you will be my witnesses. Jesus now reigns in heaven with the Father, but it doesn't end there. The massive encouragement is he is coming back. The privilege we have as true believers is the knowledge that Jesus now reigns and is returning in the same way he ascended. Look at verse 11. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but here it is, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Whether we are called to be witnesses here in our own community and having a burden for unreached neighbours or we yearn for the gospel to go to the ends of the earth, we can encourage each other in our love for God's word, living a Christ-like life and having a real passion and zeal for the gospel because it means everything to us. All the time having a certain hope of Christ's return. 
His return should spur us on with passion and urgent loving service. What a call. It's not just a call for us going overseas, but it's a call for each one of us in our communities. But you may say, it's too hard. The demand to the ends of the earth or witnessing to my neighbours and workmates, impossible. Look again at verse 8. But you will receive the power. Receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Our ascended Christ is our confidence. Having ascended, he now intercedes on our behalf and for the church. He has sent the Holy Spirit who gives us power to witness for him. He really does. Remember the Chinese man who got excited about his new life? He couldn't help but tell others of the miracle and and he led them to the same physician. Jesus is returning again, so let's all do it. Let's get excited. Commitment to Jesus and his kingdom is the key to a meaningful and exciting life. Thanks.